Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, everybody. You found me. It's Rosie O'Donnell here on Onward. And guess what? Fantastic news. The SAG and AFTRA strike is over. And I am so happy about that and so proud of the negotiating committee led by Fran Drescher, who is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I love and adore her. She's the big sister I dreamed of having. And I am so happy to get through life with her uh, in my orbit. And so, Fran Drescher, thank you. Thank you. And now we can talk about all movies and everything. And I saw Nyad. It's on Netflix. Jodie Foster, Annette Benning, epic film. Beautifully shot. The colors are gorgeous. The acting is astounding. And just how they shot her swimming and the the terror of it, and you feel it so well. And Listen, we weren't allowed to talk about or promote or or whatever the movies that we've seen. And and truthfully, since the strike started, I haven't seen that many movies. And in fact, I've seen very few. I've been watching, um, for lack of a better word, crap reality TV. <laughs> I guess that's what you call it, right? Crap reality where, you know, Love in the Wild. Now, I thought this was a new show, Love in the Wild. Apparently it's not. It's been on a long time, but... I was watching shows like that and staying away from the news, but I saw Nyad had been uh, released to, to stream on Netflix and I watched it and I'm so, so impressed with the film and the relationship that Annette and Jody have and, and I would love to have anyone involved with that film on this podcast. So if anyone knows anyone who uh, was on that film and wants to come and talk to me about it. Uh, I would love to have Diana Nyad herself sit here and uh, and tell me about her life. What a fascinating woman. What an amazing friendship and relationship she had. And, and what unbelievable strength and fortitude and courage and every word you can think of that means that. 
Really pretty amazing. Excellent voter turnout turned out on Tuesday, which is uh, an energy and a force we need to continue and strengthen until the 2024 elections. It's a scary time. There's no denying it. Everybody knows democracy is a participation sport, right? You got to participate and um, it requires that. It requires truth and it requires participation. Today's guest on the show is Alexandra Pelosi, daughter of Nancy and Paul Pelosi and an outstanding documentarian. Her latest documentary, The Insurrectionist Next Door, I think should be required viewing for every American before we vote in November 2024. With camera in hand and no crew or even security, Alexandra interviewed January 6th rioters, people who had pled guilty in court and were not denying their role, people who she saw with her own eyes storm the Capitol. And her previous documentary was Pelosi in the House, a doc about her mother, including the January 6th riot, insurrection, and violence, which Alexandra and her son were caught in while making that film. This is a great conversation with an amazing artist and woman, and I'm really happy that she came to talk about this amazing documentary. Here's me and Alexandra Pelosi. Hi. Hi, how are you? How are you? Look at you, fabulous. First of all, I just watched it again this morning. Oh my God, that's punishment. No, what are you kidding me? <laughs> a great documentary. I love to watch more than once. I always think, what did I not see? What did I not? Yeah, what's interesting is when you watch a documentary more than once, you realize things and then it changes your opinion and then you're confused and you don't know if you, you know, if you love everyone or hate everybody. Like when you say, oh, I love this movie, let me show it to you. You show it to someone else and then you look at it completely differently. Yeah, well, I watched it twice, and I have to tell you, I think it should be required viewing for all of America. How did you come up with the concept of, I'm going in there to those people who threatened to kill my mother on the 6th, and I'm going in there, and I'm going to talk to them one-on-one, and no matter what, I'm going to love them? First of all, I was in the Capitol on January 6th, and I saw those people on January 6th, out the window, from the window— And my 16-year-old son was with me, and he said, what if they stormed the Capitol? And all the grown-up security guards were like, come on, kid. Good imagination. So he called it. He knew right away. He was getting to the point where he was saying, I think we should get out of here. So at some point, we evacuated. We had to go with her. Of course, as a documentary filmmaker, I wanted to stay. I was dying to stay behind. One of my great regrets is, damn, I wish I had like hid and stayed behind so I could have- Thank God you didn't. That's enough. I probably wouldn't be here today to talk to you if I had. Exactly. But at the time, I wanted to see him. So two minutes, if you watch the video camera now, you can see that two minutes before they got to the speaker, she had been evacuated. So they were two minutes Mm -hmm. behind us. And I just spent the rest, after that night, I wanted to know who are these people. Now, we went back into the building after they had been all cleared out, and we'd seen they literally shit in the place. They destroyed everything. They left. And I thought, who would do this to the capital of the United States? Forget about your politics. You wouldn't do this to your mother's house. You wouldn't do this to the, 
you know, if you were at the mall, you know, they, they literally, they broke all these like windows and doors and mirrors and all the office supply, like all the mugs in the kitchen, they just broke everything. So I was fascinated by who are these people? Who does this? And I yeah. assumed I started reading, I started calling some of them in jail. And one of them named Ronnie Sandlin sent me two books from jail. Yes, they have Amazon access to computers and they have Amazon in jail. He sent me The True Believer and The Crowd, which are two books they use in psychology 101 classes. And mm -hmm. they explain that when you're in the heat of the moment in a crowd, you lose yourself. Yes. And I was fascinated by who are these nice human beings that live next door to you that lost themselves on that day and just did really stupid and terrible things. So I picked the people in the film for very specific reasons. For example, there was someone who was accused of pooping in the hallway. So I went to go mm. talk to him. And his excuse was he had a medical disorder and he showed me the scars. And there was a whole backstory. But his explanation was, I couldn't find a bathroom. Okay. Mm. That's an While I was rioting, right. I have, you know, I have celiac and I had to shit in the Capitol. Okay. <laughs> That's an excuse. Okay. I, now I know. Now, speaking of shitting, since we're on the subject, I feel like I need to just go back to the beginning and tell you something since I saw you last. As mm. you know, since we've both worked with Sheila Nevins, she was yes. my mentor and Yoda at HBO. We did 14 films together. And, and mine making, in any way, in every way. I just adore her. Right. So when we were making films, we made a lot of films. I made a film called Meet the Donors that was mm. about going to the homes of the billionaires that are funding our democracy to say, why do you give so much money to these political candidates? That's an example of a movie. And Sheila said to me, we don't shit on people's couches. We walk in, we ask them the questions, we hear what they have to say, we don't start a fight and get thrown out. That's not who you are. That's that's Michael Moore. There is someone out there that makes those kinds of movies. That's not right. who you are. You're a lady. Your job is to walk in, ask all the questions you have, accept what they say. Maybe they're lying to you. Maybe they're exaggerating or who cares? You just accept what they tell you and you leave polite and you make friends and you invite them to the premiere and you try to understand. You don't go into the edit room and then destroy them and make them look silly and say, these are the assholes that are buying our democracy. You accept what they tell you. That's the most anyone has ever gotten out of these billionaires that are funding the democracy. I'm curious right. what they have to say. Let's hear what they have to say and let's give them the benefit of the doubt. So that's the ethos, just so you understand how I go into the process of these films. So I didn't walk into anyone's house with the intention of shitting on their couch. However, you walked in to somebody's living room who said they wanted to kill your mom. Oh, for sure. While they were rioting, while they were breaking down the signs of her door, while they were chanting, looking for her. That That's pretty intense, Alex. That's not like, oh, I just was curious. These are the people who wanted to kill your mom and Pence that day. For sure. And I, more than anyone I think you have on your podcast, am qualified to say, and they mean it because you know what happened to my dad? He mm -hmm. almost got killed by one of these crazies. So I know it's real. I don't have any delusions about, oh, they're, you know, oh, they're just nice people who got lost in the moment. They mean it. This political right. violence in America is real. Ask Steve Scalise, 
ask Paul Pelosi. Right. They will tell you it is real. So yes, right. that still, I've always had this documentary um, desire to try to understand, even right. if, even though it's come so close, it's come so close, but I still am left with this. I just, I'm just, I'm just trying to make some peace. This is some kind of therapy. It's some kind of coping mechanism. My yes, poor, obviously. I never told my parents I was making this movie. And then when it came out, they said, uh, my mother said to me, this is probably just your coping mechanism. This is probably what you do to heal. This is, you need to talk to people. Instead of going to a therapist, you actually just go to the house of the people that wanted to kill me to ask them to their face. Because that's right. the only way, some, some old guy on the couch isn't going to give me any answers. But at least the white supremacist who actually attempted murder of someone else and went to jail for that may give you some answer that helps you understand. Maybe not. I don't know. I found watching it how many of the people needed mental health assessments. Like the first guy with the cats, with the long hair. Like I thought, is he on the autism spectrum? Is he like, he seemed to kind of not really be uh fully there is that did you find that or no i hate to break this to you but everyone in the movie are the most sane people i met i talked oh to dozens more that didn't make the cut because i was afraid that they weren't mentally capable of understanding that they were going to be on tv and that this was going to be so these are actually the sane ones believe it or not uh, these are the best. I actually, I decided that in the edit room, as you know, since you're a documentary mm. filmmaker, yes, everyone gets made in an edit room. So totally. my editor, we wake up, my editor, Jeff Bartz, he's been editing for, he edited Pumping Iron. He's 80 years old. He's been doing this forever. In the morning, we would walk in together and he'd say, who do you want him to be? When we were making the edits, are we making him a extreme white supremacist Nazi loser? Or are we going to be charitable and let him present his story of why he had to join a white supremacy gang and give him some benefit of the doubt? That was a mathematical formula we had to play with every day. And in that process, a lot of people got edited out because we had to say, honestly, do you think this person is mentally fit to be in a documentary on HBO? And the answer well, like was- Well, like the poor, the, that young boy, he looks young, who wants a, a black wife and a biracial family, who was a porn star and who had been, there's a need for some kind of medication and or intensive therapy intervention. Like, like that one, I was like, well, now, come on, everybody. Is th- There's some of the things that this person is saying is I- indicative of severe trauma untreated. For sure. I thought of it, I kept saying, this is a mosaic of broken America. It just mm. gives you a picture of how broken America is right now. Because every time I left someone's house, I would think, was that a really mentally ill person? Or was that just a Trump-loving idiot who got carried away on that day. I, I still, some nights I stay up wondering deep, deep down if a lot of those people, uh, yeah, I would say they all need some real serious medical attention. 
And, but that's the populace of the country and that's what's happening. And, you know, we have all these horrific shootings and what, and oh, they said he had a, he was hearing voices. You don't say, where's the help for the mentally ill people? It's like they're, it's like a, an epidemic or something that, and I think this is all trauma related. It's all trauma. And then you go back to your trauma as a child and, and, you know, here I am at 61 years old, you know, still molding the clay of your childhood trauma into some, you know, usable, uh, you know, piece of art or, or something. Look how well you've done with that. It's working uh-huh, for yes. you. But the, yes, it's for, working for me. For you, you've turned it into something. For them, they turned it into a criminal record for breaking into the Capitol. And none of them felt blame or felt, you know, one guy said he felt lied to, but the vast majority said, no, I don't blame him. It was my decision. And I now have to pay for my crime. And that's when I thought, I wonder if that guy's on the spectrum. You know, very clear black and white thinking, very, you know, or how about the ones who said, um, I, I wasn't really, I was just there and my uncle drove me and I just, you know, picked up the Pelosi sign. I don't know, you know. Like, what happened? What, how did that go down? How does that happen? That you just ha- happen to be walking around with your uncle and people have guns and, you know, masks and are, you're in the middle of a riot and you find time to take a post selfie? You know, it, I don't understand. It's not going to end well for that young lady. She was a farm girl from Missouri who never left Missouri. She just wanted to get out of town. She was bored. She had nothing going on in her life. She stole that sign. She got 30 days in jail for that. But then, dot, 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 the kind of shame that that crime put on her psyche when she went on the internet and the sedition hunters were all making fun of her, it led her to, you know, to drink and drive and black out and kill a mother and almost kill a father. And she's going to be spending a lot of her life in jail. The rest that, of her life in jail. So January yeah. 6th really ruined her life. Completely yes. ruined her life. So right. some people, they went into the building. You know, the gay Obama voter, remember him? He served 90 days, lived happily ever after. He, he right now, is trying to do stand-up comedy in Greenwich Village. He's mm. fine. It didn't really do great damage to his life. But the other woman that you're talking about from Missouri, she is going to— it, that one day did ruin her whole life. Now, how did your 16-year-old recover from being that close to the trauma that he was prescient enough to uh, alert you to? He told me that he would never speak to me again if I went to talk to any of these people. So, wow. I don't think he likes No, he's probably name. afraid, right? <laughs> afraid is a fear might be the first thing there. Well, his name is Paul, and my father's name is Paul. So, I think mm-hmm. he has a legitimate reason to be afraid. I don't think it's all just hocus pocus, you know, crazy shit people say on the internet. Um, I think it's real. Uh, I think he was afraid for you, not afraid for himself. I think there is a really legitimate argument that these people do not deserve a microphone, right? Mm. That would be the NPR take of this movie. How dare you give the microphone to these haters? Why are you even giving them any airtime? And my answer is, well, first of all, all of these people pled guilty, which means they admitted to what they did. They didn't go to court and say, no, no, no. They didn't fight it. They pled guilty. A majority of them were misdemeanors. So six months in jail, eight months in jail, but still only a misdemeanor. 
And then they are now out and available. They're allowed to go vote in the next election and participate in the next election. And if they cared enough to get off their couch and drive all the way across the country to go storm the Capitol, what have you done lately? <laughs> you know, I mean, personally, like there's a lot of protests going on where I live in Greenwich Village right now. And I just right. hide and lock the door. I don't even yeah. want to get involved. I don't want to take a side. I don't want to fight in my backyard. You know, I'm just, right, right. I don't have the stomach for this, you know, political activity. Right, right. But yet you have the stomach for, you know, facing people that that many on the liberal left, which I consider myself a part of, you know, would not be able to find common ground with. Right. I mean, my whole philosophy was on the very first morning that I started filming, I went to the Lincoln Memorial with the very first person that's in the film. His name is Paul Hodgkins and his lawyer, Patrick LeDuke. And Patrick was explaining to me that, you know, Lincoln's second inaugural, the walls are on, the words are on the wall of the Lincoln Memorial. Charity towards all, malice towards none. You don't have to, um, I mean, you have to try to make forgiveness, I should say. You have to try to make forgiveness because they are your neighbors and they are right. voting in the next election. People come out because they hate. They don't come out because they love. I mean, Obama, they came out because they loved Obama. But usually, I think, in the ele- every four years, HBO makes me do an election film, okay? So I'm back mm-hmm. on the trail already filming, you know, talking to voters. And, and I find that the people who hate are really inspired. And they really get off their couch and they really show up. And I don't know. I mean, when they give this argument, this is one of the most often heard arguments, which is the election was stolen in 2020. I know the election was stolen in 2020. Well, how can you prove it? Well, because, I mean, look how many people show up for Trump. And Joe Biden, he didn't get those kinds of crowds. And you're saying, well, they voted for him, but they don't love him so much that they're going to go storm the Capitol for him. They, you know, they may have voted for him, but doesn't mean they love him that much. So I think people show up because they feel hate in their soul, and that's what inspires them to go wait in long lines. And and I think that that's what he triggers in people, Donald Trump. The, you know, the hatred that lives in the corners of our souls, right? There's there's tiny little pieces of being human that you can't even face, and, and, and here it is. More with Alexandra Pelosi right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You know, you want to reach people and make them remember uh, when it wasn't so chaotic, pre-internet. I think the internet has been amazing and it's been so horrific that it's hard to even quantify it. Well, it's for sure destroyed the civil discourse. I mean, you can't have yes. a conversation anymore because everybody's in their own little bubble getting fed exactly what they want to hear. And so it's impossible to have conversations with people because they don't have facts. That's the most frustrating part. I interview people, like this week I've been at the courthouse, you know, Trump's at the courthouse in New York and I go down and I talk to supporters that show up outside and I say, um, if he goes to jail, are you still going to support him? And they say, of course. You're still going to vote for him if he's in jail. Of course. But what about January 6th, the whole insurrection? He didn't do anything wrong. He said, I'm going to march up there with you. He never said that. See, he said that. I can prove it. I play it for them. And then they either say, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Or I never saw that. Mm. It reminds me of the point that I was making that um, Jason, the gay Obama voter in my film, his husband watched my movie and said after, I never saw any of that violence on January 6th. Wait, it's almost two years later, and you never saw any video of any violence on January 6th? That means you live in a totally different media ecosystem that only— Well, they, yeah, they live in the ecosystem that says it was a normal tourist day, you know? Right. Um, can I ask you, uh, what is the this year's HBO election movie— uh, going to feature? Is it going to be similar? It's a really, really unpredictable. That's the thing about documentary. You just never know what you're going to get. You know what? Documentaries right. are just like children. Yeah. You know what they get when they're little, they're cute. And you think, well, I'll take that home with me. You have no idea what's going to happen. Overnight is forever in politics. So anything can happen in the next. Correct. So who knows where this is going to take us? One could be in jail. One could be. Uh, who knows? So I so, yeah, 
It, it hasn't been, yeah. the story hasn't been written yet. It hasn't even, we haven't even started writing it. Right. I thought that uh, Mike Pence was going to do better than he did. So I, this is one of those unproductive, we're in a moment in American politics where it's hard to predict because yeah. you think common sense would dictate there would be some market for someone like a Mike Pence. I would have guessed that he would have been a good candidate, but shows how much I know. Everything I think that knows. all the Trump people, like, you know, hate him. And so, you know, that took a, a large swath of the Republican Party or former Republican Party, right? I think he's seen as a weak man who didn't do the right thing. And, you know, I mean, I don't know why he would want to run after they were shouting, hang Mike Pence. I don't know why he would choose to try to be president, but... I wasn't surprised that he didn't do well. Okay. Because I thought he didn't have any gravitas, you know. They kind of emasculated him. He had an event in New Hampshire. Uh, the night that my show was airing, I wanted to go, but I couldn't go because my show was airing on HBO. But he had an event with one of the Jan Sixer, like an event hosted by a Jan Sixer, someone who mm. went and, you know, served time for Jan Six, was hosting an event, sponsoring an event, and Mike Pence spoke, and I thought, this is a new, complicated uh, part of the dynamic. You're hanging out with the guy who actually came to hang you. Right. That's a person who doesn't know who he is. So right. if you read it like that, you'd say, yeah, maybe it was doomed. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, seeing the hanging gallows there and it, it was like, it was like I couldn't even believe what was happening. What would have happened if, God forbid, they got your mother or him? What would have happened? Would calmer minds have prevailed? I don't think so. That was a crazy group of agitated, riled up, lied to people. Right. But so this is the question you asked. This is the eternal question. And I have lost a lot of sleep on this question. Clearly, there were different levels of participation. The distinction, yes. the Department of Justice has arrested, you know, over 1,100 people have been arrested. About 3,000 went into the building. Not even half of them have been arrested. There are plenty of people that went into the building and never got charged with anything. The, you know, the FBI showed up at their house, talked to them, let them go. There were clearly militant organizations, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, who had communication amongst themselves about what they were planning to do that day. And we know that. And the leader of the Proud Boys sent a message on Telegram to all of his brothers saying, we're going to get the normies to burn the city to ash today. And those are the people in my movie, the normies, the normal right. people that they were using. They were part of the chorus they weren't in on the plan that the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers met in that parking lot the night before to coordinate. So when you ask yourself that question of what would have happened if they actually ran into Mike Pence, would they have actually hung him? I have to believe that there were enough normal people in the crowd that would have prevented something really, really terrible. But maybe that's just um, wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think we can't allow ourselves. It was bad enough as it was and, you know, cops getting hurt. And I mean, it was bad enough as it was. We can't even imagine that that next level. And, 
you know, it's, it's really a, a terrifying concept. Um, and, and I was so moved by the one guy who said, I can show you clips of how there were Antifa people in there. Right. And, um, he starts with them looking for your mother or breaking down her doors, going to her office. And you said, listen, I don't want to hate you. I want to love you. I thought that's the whole message of the movie. You tried very hard and you got there, Alex. You did not punt and judge. You you showed up, looked them in the eye, shook a hand, made relationships. Every one of those people trusted you. Every one of those people was open and honest. And, you know, you're a Pelosi. That's big for them, too. Imagine somebody saying to you, did you want to kill my mother? That's heavy, you know? It is heavy. Gosh, you're making me doubt. You're making me reconsider. Maybe, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. No, I think it should. I think everyone should see it because... You can't have a big brush that you paint with and go, okay, I'm just going to black and white my life and these are the good people and these are the bad people. And, you know, Rumi says out in the field behind what's right and wrong, I'll meet you there, right? Like, I, I think everyone should watch it because we can't view each other as such cartoon characters. We have to see the humanity in each other and you found the humanity, and even the guy with Proud Boy on his head with all those children and and the wife there trying, you know, not to uh, inflame the situation after his transphobic comment about his child, right? You know, and she's like, no, no, don't say that because we're not like that. People think we're like that, but we're not like that, you know? Right. Well, the reason why I included him, remember I told you I intentionally, in the edit room, we had a lot of choices to make of who was going to make the cut. And the reason Billy Knudsen, the rapper, Playboy, um, why he made the cut was because um, he sings these terrible songs like F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden. Right. That's his whole thing. Catchy little songs that are all pretty, like, it sounds pretty hateful, but they're songs, okay? Mm -hmm. And when he went to court for sentencing, the judge just was reviewing the song lyrics and saying, well, you said Nancy don't want us in her office. Well, he didn't go into Nancy's office. Or, and these were songs that he sang after January 6th. They, he didn't sing them before to get people inspired and riled up. He sang things like, um, well, just kind of anti-Biden anthems. Right. Now, the judge was calling it hate speech and put him in jail for six months in a federal penitentiary, the same federal penitentiary where the Unabomber is or was. Wow. And so it was interesting to me. Now, criminal history has to weigh in there. He had a criminal history, been in yes. out of jail. So they do factor that into your equation. But if you take the criminal code, trespassing that he was charged with, and you take that code and type it into the Department of Justice website, and you look at the pages and pages of people that were charged with it, there are plenty of people that did exactly what he did on January 6th, and they got probation, house arrest, or, or you know, nothing at all. And so it was interesting that he got six months in a real lockdown situation because he sang really anti-Biden songs. And were they able to appeal that? No. I mean, he went and he served his time. He said it was the worst six months of his life, and it was really, you know, just— hard, hard time, but for right. trespassing. So yeah. I think, you know, it reminds me of sort of like those, 
ACLU cases of like going into Guantanamo Bay and saying, yeah, we know you're probably a terrible person who was friends with Osama bin Laden, but you still shouldn't have been waterboarded, uh-huh. right? I'm not excusing uh-huh. anyone who marched into the Capitol. Uh, Lindsey Graham would tell you that everybody who walked into that building that day is a domestic terrorist. So uh-huh. let's take him and let's take his standard, right? Okay, they're all domestic terrorists. Now let's go from there and say, now, what did you actually do? Did you break anything? Did you steal anything? It was the most filmed, photographed crime scene in American history. So we know what everybody did. They have a a million camera angles of every person that walked in that building. So we know what they did. So the people in my film, they walked in, they walked out. One stole an Nancy Pelosi sign, one stole a book. But that's the extent of the crimes they committed. And they went to jail for that. And mm. you shouldn't walk into the Capitol and steal a book, and you shouldn't walk into the Capitol and steal Nancy Pelosi's sign. But at the same time, you have to remember these were called misdemeanors in the court. Right. And to me, a misdemeanor, I mean, I forgive, I have friends that have committed misdemeanors, and I have forgiven them for that. So the, the conversation has to go somewhere from there. Right? Right. We right. can't just say they all committed misdemeanors. They're all domestic terrorists. They all deserve. Uh, the same treatment. Right. Because they're the not. ones who, who walked in, who was with their uncle. And I mean, that, that, you told it already about the accident, that tragic, you know, life of that girl forever changed. And, and all of these people, it, it profoundly changed their life, but it did not necessarily change their politics. Exactly. You nailed it. And they're probably going to be much more involved and activated in the next election than I am. So, I mean, 100% than I am, Um, but more than my neighbors will, you know. And so you have to think they're really, you know, they've been radicalized. They've gone to jail for their beliefs. They are true believers. And, um, you know, I know that we talked after uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher's whole point when when I did the show, he said, um, there's something noble about what they did because they believe in something. They're true believers. They actually went and followed through with their political conviction. And I didn't want to start a fight with him because, you know, we've been friends a long time and it's his show and you never, you know, I don't go into shit on his couch, you know. Correct. But, but what I wanted to say, you know, it's like that. What you wanted to say to him was, what I wanted to say is, it was based on a lie. It's one mm-hmm. thing to have convictions. You can believe something in your core and go fight for it. But what if everything you believe is based on a lie? Their belief is the election was stolen. Right. But that's a lie. It wasn't. That's a lie. It has been proven in court case after court case after court, but they will never believe that. So that's the frustrating part. And that's why you almost need deprogrammers who get people out of Scientology, who get people out of other cults that have a real hold on on the mindset of of people to the point where they start to depersonalize and and become just a member of this thing. I I had a question last week here on the show. People can leave a message for a question or whatever. And and this guy Preston, so sweet, was saying that he and his mother were the best friends, and they were both you know grew up liberal and progressive. And and then she kind of took a right turn a couple of years ago, and like Fox News you know, kidnapped and, and programmed his mother and, and she's been gone. Uh, you know, MAGA loss is something that families have to talk about because it really happens. And then he was saying as a gay man that he gets to the point where 
well, can I continue doing this when I know that my mother is voting and living everything against who I am and what I believe, you know? And it's it's very sad. Cults do that. They separate families. Well, maybe the solution is we should make everybody switch their social media feed the week before Thanksgiving. And, you know, everybody who lives on, you know, their right-wing ecosystem should be switched over to a different feed. And then we should be switched over to their feed so that we can understand the way they think. Because I do believe when Jason Riddle's husband said, I'd never seen violence on January 6th, I thought, bless his heart. He genuinely had a totally different version of reality that he was living in. And his husband went to jail. Well, and that's, you know, and that's also willful blindness, right? Willful blindness, I think, is going on right now, big time all over the world, where what you see and what you're experiencing and what you're ingesting, uh, people are saying is not happening. And um, that happened with Trump. That happened with Trump. And I don't think that mass media has the ability to sway millions of Americans' views anymore. I think that people see them as biased and with their own self-interest. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it, it is the fourth estate anymore that it used to be when we were growing up, when Walter Cronkite said something and then the Vietnam War stopped, you right. know? Who has that power now to say, wake up, Trump culters? Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, what are you kidding me? I have a little podcast. <laughs> I can't deal with the pressure of life. Is there a way to come together? I don't know. Do you think there's a way to come together? I think with shows like yours and, and stuff like truth going on and people telling truth and speaking truth to power that, you know, we have to embrace each other, these two halves of the same whole. We have to find a way to come to mutual respect. And it's very hard after all of the stuff that, that went down, you know, Trump-wise. Very, very hard. It's like, you know, he's like Netanyahu for America, Trump, you know? That's well, what people I better wake up because they may be going straight diving straight into another Trump presidency right now. Correct. That's what's happening. Okay, well, this was really uplifting. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I uh, took my effects or I'm supposed to be happier than I am. But I mean, it's really hard not to be sad about America right now. <laughs> it's hard. It's terrible. We got to get this country uh, some infrastructure, right? Especially for mental health, I think. And maybe no more guns, please. Okay, Rosie for president. That's next. But um, I think that uh, you're a great filmmaker, and I think that you've done a lot for all of us by um, releasing all those docs with Sheila and this one, uh, The Insurrectionist Next Door on Max, also known as HBO. And you can get it on Amazon Prime, too. I correct? don't know. I don't know about stuff like that. Yes, you can. I looked it up today. I was watching it again. Um, but it's great to talk to you. Tell your family I said hello. I'm very sorry what happened to your dad. I think your mom rocks the boat, and uh, I think you're pretty great, too. And I hope that one of my kids grows up to be just like you uh, with a camera Thank somewhere you. telling the truth. Wow. You're welcome. That's really sweet. I think my kids want to grow up to be every, anything but me. Yeah, I understand. Same with mine. 
no interest. I'm like, come on, we could go on tour in Gypsy. They're like, I don't <laughs> sing. Oh, geez. We'll be back in a moment with questions from you, our wonderful listeners, right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable and with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know it was kind of intense and uh, different than normal, but... You know what? <laughs> Hasn't been a good couple of weeks for mommy, but I'm doing my best. I'm getting through it. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that you are too uh, doing okay. Okay, we got some lovely listeners who left a voice memo, and uh, we're going to answer them right now. Hit it. Hello, Rosie. This is Michael from outside Chicago. Uh, my three-year-old son is currently obsessed with the movie Tarzan. And his favorite song is Trashing the Camp. Uh, he does all of the sound effects to start the song and <laughs> all of the uh, gibberish sounds that go with it. Um, and it's truly a joy watching him sing along. Um, 
especially since he's been battling uh, a chronic illness that is not outwardly noticeable by people who meet him, but has definitely been stressful for our entire family to to be dealing with. And so seeing the joy on his face when he sings along to that song um, is certainly something that helps us to get through it. And so I kind of had, had two questions on that topic. Um, one was if you had any fond memories of recording that song uh, that you wanted to share about what what that was like for you. Um, and the second one was if you had any advice for um, parents of young children who are going through health issues and, and how how you cope with it and, and how you make it through. Um, thank you for all you do. Um, been a fan since uh, when you were our after-school programming uh, that I would watch with my mom, who's since passed, um, and definitely have been enjoying uh, everything that you do. So thank you for doing this podcast, and I look forward to hearing whatever you have to share. Thanks. Well, thank you, Michael. What a beautiful note. Uh, not note, I guess, voice message, <laughs> but beautiful sentiments. And I'm sorry about your child uh, struggling with some unseen illness. Sometimes it's harder when a child is diagnosed with something that is not uh, is easily indicative of um, of hardship. You know, so people expect your your child, maybe who's three, to act accordingly, but there could be other challenges, and it sounds like there are that you're facing. I, you just got to do it day by day, honey. That's that's what I have to say. It's one day at a time. It's one step forward at a time, and it's love, 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 you know, and it's, it's very, very uh, unnerving as a parent to think that you need to have all the answers or you need to know exactly what it's going to be in life for your children when, frankly, nobody can do that, you know? All we can do is provide security, safety, love, and a sense of being seen. So um, it sounds like you know what you're doing, Michael. It sounds like you're right on it, and I'm sorry for the pain that you and your family are in, and I wish the best to your little uh, boy. Now, when we were filming that movie, um, Phil Collins came in and he was the musical director and he had written that. And so, you know, after my first take, he said, Rosie, you're a little under and you're not in the pocket. And I had no idea what he meant. I was like, okay, all right, let me try it again. He's like, thank you. And uh, I don't think I ever got it right. But we recorded it a bunch of times and we just kind of kept adding different lines of we kept doing that over and over and over and then Phil who is a genius laid it all out and it became that that beautiful song and a lot of kids I think relate to that little song and I've told the story before but my son who is now 28 years old when he was your son's age the movie opened and he was so young. I thought, I'm not going to explain this to him, you know, that I'm a voice in this. He's not going to know that. So we went to the movie theater and about halfway through the movie, he stood up on the chair and screamed, that monkey's my mama. So, so you know, uh, kids know, kids know. 
Much love to you, Michael, and your family. And thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this uh, Onward podcast. We got one more now from someone named Frank, they tell me. Let's hear it. Hi, Rosie. My name is Frank. And before I get to my question, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being yourself over the years. Um, You've given myself and I'm sure many other people confidence and joy. And just wanted to say big thank you to that. It means a lot. But my question for you is actually related to Britney Spears' new memoir that she just released. I know over the years, when you had your talk show, you were really, really kind, and you had her on a lot of times. And I remember watching those when I was younger, and I really, really enjoyed the interactions between you guys because it was just so, so cute and, and innocent. And over the years, even when you were on The View, I remember when... She finally got divorced from KFED and all that. You had confetti coming out of the sky and it was just, it was so funny. But um, my question is, would you ever interview her, you know, being you kind of had a relationship with her from the very beginning? I know she said she has no interest in doing interviews at the moment, but if the chance ever came, would you want to interview her? And do you plan on reading her memoir? I just got mine, and it is a really good read. So I um, just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Thanks, Rosie. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for that lovely message. Um, yes, I have her book. I have been reading it. I love Britney Spears, but it was many years ago, and she was so young. You know, what I saw was like a teenager without any real guidance. She had a woman who was uh, maybe eight or ten years older than her, but but, you know, not enough to be parental, in my opinion. And that was the woman who was her guardian, who was always with her at the show and who was always, um, you know, in a parental role. And so I just felt so strongly that she needed protection, you know, and tried to support her in any way that I could. Would I do an interview now? If she wanted to, I would do whatever she wanted. I, I would love to go have a conversation with her. I would love to have dinner with her. I would love to do it privately uh, or if she chose publicly. But I think the book is is so far a beautiful and honest reflection of a terrible, terrible time in her life. And, and uh, I think she needs compassion and understanding. And I love her. I always have. I always will. Now, having said that, I haven't seen her or spoken to her since for 23 years. Maybe, maybe even more. I have nothing but love and respect for her. Nothing. And I can't wait to finish the book. This book is Britney Spears, and it's what she wants to say, and I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Well, thank you, Frank, and thank you, Michael, both of you, for calling in. And um, listen, next week's guest is a woman who I met on TikTok, Allison Joseph. She's someone I started talking to online. Um, her name on the on the TikTok is Jew in the City, and she is very uh, articulate about representation of Jewish people in the media, in the world, and, and um, you know, we, we converse a lot through the DMs, and I said, hey, what do you think? Uh, so, it's a conversation that I think we all need to have, 
especially before we join our families on the holiday, you know. It's not a history lesson at all. It's a conversation about compassion, love, and humanity. That's next week. Allison Joseph right here on Onward with me, Rosie O'Donnell. Peace, everyone. Peace. And Onward, what other choice do we have? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.